everyone, welcome to a boogie, boogie. all new spectacular Clipcast emergency Clipcast. The Clippers have signed DeMarcus Cousins. I told y'all we weren't done. I told y'all we weren't done. Hi everybody, I'm Chris Kowild, two-time podcast finals MVP, and this is Clipcast. Yes, I, I'm loving this. I, I truly am loving this. And, and you can tell me DeMarcus Cousins is past his prime, but just this season, just this season, DeMarcus is averaging 10 and 7. 10 points a game, 7 rebounds a game. I mean, really, let's round it up. It's 9.6 points per game. That's 10. 7.6 rebounds. That's 8. He's a 10-8 guy in 20 minutes this season. Career, he's a 20-10 guy. 20 points, 10 rebounds. Career, he's a four-time All-Star. Career, he's a two-time All-NBA Olympic gold medalist. But what I love about Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins is these guys are not passive. What do I mean by that? Great question. I think our problem in the bubble, yes, I've said it many, many times, Doc Rivers, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, and Landry Shamit, those four guys were to blame. They're all gone. We fixed those problems. But another big problem was that our superstars, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, are passive. And I don't mean that to knock down our great, great superstars, our max contract guys. But I will say this. We all know Kawhi Leonard is not a vocal leader. We know this. He leads by example on the floor. He lets his game speak volumes which is a breath of fresh air compared to the CP3 BG era where they complained about everything good, bad, or indifferent. And they were just, we, we had this thing where we were a whiny team. We are no longer a whiny team, but we can be or could be in the past passive. Only Patrick Beverly was a vocal leader, but we just got big mouth Rondo and bigger mouth Bigger mouth, biggest mouth, Boogie Cousins. Those guys are not quiet. Those guys will let you know if you're dropping the ball, if you're pissing them off, if you're not bringing it. Kawhi Leonard, we've seen him be adamant. We've seen his game get a little bit more passionate this regular season, especially in the gutty comeback versus Atlanta a week and change ago. We saw him just getting into it when he closed the deal and sealed the deal on that Hawk team coming in hot eight-game win streak that we ended. Speaking of a win streak that ended <laughs> last night, but let's not talk about last night. We're 8-1 and one on night twos of a back-to-back. -back. Our six-game win streak is over. Last night, the trap game it's got trap. us whatever. We were down. Marcus Morris Sr., Paul George, Rajon Rondo, Pat Beverly, Serge Ibaka, and we didn't have Boogie. Well, today's a different day. Let me expand upon the passivity. Of course, we're going to hear from Burbank Hank, a.k.a. Hollywood Hank, his take on DeMarcus Cousins coming up shortly. But we were passive. Take a look at Kawhi Leonard. He's not a vocal guy. He gets maybe a little bit excited when he wins in a Game 7 buzzer beater at the buzzer to move on to the conference finals, and he kind of, like, yells. And, and that's about it. But he's not this vocal leader. 
I'm, I'm going to tell you the urban myth about Kobe Bryant. And you're like, why are you talking about Kobe? Do you remember the urban myth? I'm going to compare two urban myths of two superstars, two NBA champions. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard this story many times. This urban myth about Kobe. He invited his team, and I'm not going to say the name. He invited his team out to dinner, supposedly. And the entire team sat at the table, and Kobe was at a different table. Have you heard this urban myth about Kobe? Where Kobe invited all of his teammates to dinner and sat at a different table. That's a different kind of guy. That's not a passive guy. That's kind of a prick. What's the urban legend about Kawhi Leonard? That he went to a team dinner and ate a bag of apples. Okay, very different urban legends about two very different superstars. But there's got to be a kernel, a core, if you will, of truth in that story. Where Kawhi Leonard was invited to a team dinner and brought a bag of apples and ate a bag of apples. And Kobe Bryant invited everyone to a team dinner and sat at a different table, okay? Different guys, different superstars. But Kawhi Leonard is a quiet leader. Paul George is not a vocal get-in-your-face leader. He's smooth like butter. My nickname for him is Butter. I love him. But he's not that vocal leader that Patrick Beverly is, that Rajon Rondo is, and we all know DeMarcus Cousins can't shut his mouth. He can't possibly shut his mouth, and he used to hate the Clippers. He used to hate hate the Clippers when he was up there playing for the Sucktown Queens, a.k.a. the Sacramento Kings. When he was a Sacramento King, he hated the Clippers, and he was quite vocal about it. Well, if you can't beat them, and they couldn't beat us, join them. Eh, They beat us a couple of times. That was a different Clipper era. I am so fired up about this. I told y'all we weren't done. Everybody in Clipper Nation said we need a point guard and we need a backup big. And what did we go and do? We traded a fading Lou Williams for a backup point guard, Rajon Rondo. Lou running the point was problematic, let's be honest. Well, that's gone. We don't have Pat Bev and Serge Ibaka, and we don't know when we're going to get them back. Can we please see them Sunday afternoon on ABC Channel 7 as we crush the L word. Two and one on the current nine-game homestand, but my friends, we are not here to talk about homestands. We are not here to talk about the fact that the Clippers are now eight and three since the All-Star break. We're here to talk about DeMarcus Cousins. Boogie! What do we need him to do? Well, we need him to back up our current starting center, Ivica Zubats. We need him as a third option when we've got Serge Ibaka healthy and Ivica Zubats. Ivica Zubats is such a DeAndre Jordan-like, Cal Ripken-like workhorse. The guy just is available. He's young and he's big and he's strong. (laughs) So DeMarcus Cousins is there to be the backup, backup center. What can DeMarcus Cousins do? Well, he can shoot the three. So can Serge Ibaka. He's like Serge Ibaka in that way. He can expand the floor and spread the wealth. He's on a 10-day contract to Marcus Cousins, so it's a bit of a roll of the dice. Will this work? I think it will. I think on day 11, we re-sign him. But again, we've got options, folks. If it doesn't work, okay, we'll get somebody else. I told y'all we weren't done. 
What did we need? A backup point guard. What did we need? A backup center. What did we do? Bring in all-star point guard, all-star center. I love these moves. Yes, I hear you. These guys are past their prime. Rondo is literally the champion. Literally the current, sitting, crowned, give him the belt champion. Talk to an L Word fan, but briefly, and do it where you're like in a runner's, on your market set, go. Talk to the L Word fan about Rondo's importance in the playoffs this past season that happened just 20 plus weeks ago. When they tell you that he was the third most important guy behind you know who and you know who and you know whom, then immediately run from them because L Word fans are insufferable, complete, and utter a holes. But talk to an L Word fan and they will tell you how important Rondo was to that team. We've got him. We see him on the sidelines studying with his calculator-like brain. He knows every team's every move. Did you read the story where he was playing a regular season game versus some forgettable opponent? Then Mark Jackson's not-that-great Golden State Warriors? They were okay. And Mark Jackson calls out some play called Cross 24 or something stupid, and Rajon Rondo knows it's a decoy and says, you guys don't have a play called Cross 24. Did you read about that? Brian Scalabrini, Scalabrines, said that, that Rondo's the smartest player he's ever played with, that he knew the opposing coach was calling out a decoy play that they didn't have in their bag of tricks from an opposing conference, a team that they're only going to play twice, and if they ever play them again, it's in the NBA Finals. Did you know about that? Rondo is smarter than you about basketball. DeMarcus Cousins is angrier than you about basketball. DeMarcus Cousins won a ring doing literally nothing except for practicing with a team before the season. So he's angry. He wants to earn a ring. He's got a ring. He's got a ring. He wants to earn a ring, and he's angry. He's got a lot to prove. He's done literally everything, including being an NBA champion, except for he hasn't actually been an NBA champion while playing in the NBA championship. That's the only thing left this man has to prove. Oh, this is a great story. This is a great story. We watched DeMarcus Cousins be paired up with Anthony Davis. We saw it. We saw it. So the fact that now he's on opposing teams, the fact that Rondo is now on opposing teams, this is a great story. Let's talk about the real problem for everyone in the Western Conference. Four guys. Four real deterrents. Four guys that are junkyard dogs. They're going to get in your head and bark and drive you absolutely bananas. Four tough guys. Bruisers. Four badasses. A bevy of badassery. Let's talk about those four guys. Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris Sr., DeMarcus Cousins. Uh Uh-oh, watch out for that tandem. DeMarcus Morris Cousins Sr.? Oh, education reform. Let's talk about the four badasses. Beverly, DeMarcus, Mook, and Rondo. That four-guy lineup is going to drive people crazy. What's great about that four guys, 
They don't even need to play on the floor together at the same time to drive an opponent absolutely bonkers, barking from the sidelines, on the floor, barking at your bench, just bark, just barking. Oh, they're going to drive people absolutely bananas. Oh, we're going to talk more Boogie, and we're going to hear from Hollywood Hank after these short words from our precious, precious sponsor, who you must follow unabashedly and buy or gamble whatever they're selling or peddling. More after this. And we're back. Welcome back to Clipcast, the longest-running Clippers podcast in the history of all time. Clipcast, the best Clippers podcast, period. Clipcast, the official, unofficial Clippers podcast. Or was it the unofficial, official Clippers podcast? Regardless, we're the best Clippers podcast. All right, and I think the best Clippers podcaster isn't me. What? Chris Kowild, you crazy boy. You the best Clippers podcaster ever. No, no, friends. I think the best Clippers podcaster ever is my broadcast partner, Burbank Boom Shake Hollywood Hank Dittman. And here he is. Take it away, Hollywood Hank. Clippers Nation, it's me, Burbank Hank Dittman, still temporarily Hollywood Hank Dittman, recording from a dressing room uh, on a studio lot in Los Angeles, California. But I am here to talk about the acquisition of DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. Uh, You know, I was a longtime detractor of Boogie Cousins. I felt like he was not in the right headspace. He was maybe not in a great situation in Sacramento. He was the best player on a bad team, and it led to a lot of behavioral issues on the court that have been well documented. But then I really got high on him, um, and only that. I only get high on DeMarcus Cousins, people. No illegal substances. But when he (laughs) headed into New Orleans... He seemed to have his head right. We thought we were going to really see something special for him and for people who had followed his career and been excited about his career. uh, And anyone like myself who loves a basketball redemption story, we really thought we were going to get to see something special with him and Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Of course, that did not come to pass because of Boogie's injury issues. And then he came to the Lakers. And again, as a personally, as a Los Angeles basketball fan, I was excited to see him again get some redemption. It did not go his way. Injuries kept him out. And now here we are. He's going to get a shot with the Clippers on a 10-day contract. It looks like it's going to be. And the question is going to be how much we need him uh, and how much he can actually do. And have we? I'll start with this. We just said on the last Clipcast, and I've just been texting Chris over the last couple of days, that my great concern is our health. I think that's everyone's concern. And so, yeah, I am worried about our health. And adding a player who has serious issues with his health doesn't set my mind at ease. Now, that said, what we really need is a center who can take some of the weight off of Zoo as long as Serge, here I go again, is out injured, missing eight, now nine games straight. So I think he's going to do that for us. I think he's going to be able to play limited minutes for us. I think that he is an experienced basketball player with a lot of skills, but I don't think he's a great player anymore by any means. Um, We're going to have to see what it takes to get the rust flakes off and get him up to speed and see what kind of a a help he can be. But the playoffs don't start next week, Clippers Nation. They do not start next week. We've got a little time to work some guys in. We've got a little time to get some guys into fighting shape. And if it takes minutes off of Zoo and keeps him off the injured list from overplay, from playing too many minutes every game, I'm happy for it. Um, We're going to have to see how much of a real difference he makes in the X's and O's and in the numbers and what he actually contributes. But he's a very experienced player. He's great around the rim. He's great. He can pull down rebounds for us, which is something we're very excited to see. 
Uh, and so we're going to have to, you know, we're, we're going to have to see. This is not the slam dunk for me that Rajon Rondo was, although Rajon Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins also have a history. So maybe that's going to bring us some extra locker room cohesion as well. Uh, I do want to say that I think we're going to have a contender for the NBA All Salty team. I mean, you got to figure we have Marcus Morris, Boogie, Patrick Beverly, and Rajon Rondo. So, what, who are we going to try to pick up? Who are we going to try to pick up here to go in there? Are we going to? We going to? We going to try to? I mean, who who would make this even more fiery? We're going to try to find Meta World Peace and bring him out of retirement. Is that that our plan? Is that all we would need to put together the saltiest starting five in the history of the NBA, or at least in recent history? Uh, but definitely they could give a lot of teams a lot of trouble. We're going to have to see if he's able to acclimate to a new system, if he's accl- ready to acclimate to a new team, and if he can stay healthy. I hope he does. You know I hope he does. Uh, so we're just going to have to wait and see, Clippers fans. We're just going to have to wait and see. Now, Chris, I'm going to do a second segment. I do want to respond to a lot of Lakers Twitter right now that is going crazy in Clippers mentions about the Clippers getting the Lakers sloppy seconds. And literally, this just shows the lack of of basketball history knowledge. And it's not even history. It's pretty recent when people are bringing up the idea that the Clippers are taking on the Lakers sloppy seconds when uh, Lamar Odom was a Clipper first. Lakers fans. Uh, Montrez Harrell was obviously a Clipper first. Um, These are not all Lakers cast-offs. And by the way, DeMarcus Cousins never played a single game in a Lakers uniform, so please stop saying that we took something you discarded. Uh, You discarded him because he was discarded by the fact that he was not healthy. There's a lot of players that people love to bring up when you're Lakers fans. Oh, they were ours. But the truth is many of them started as as Clippers first. They started as Clippers first. so put that in your pipe and smoke it. Something legal. It's all legal in California. All right, Chris, I got one more segment. These are all little shorties. And please, cl- please, Clippers Nation, take a step back from the ledge once again. We just had a major winning streak. And then, yes, we lost last night. We lost last night to, to the Orlando Magic. Okay. In our sixth Game in eight nights, missing off the top of my head, five players, three starters. I mean, come on. And and giving up Lou Williams. So not only having that many people out injured, but also losing another healthy player and that we traded Lou Williams. Everyone take a breath. No one's going to catch the Jazz. No one's going to catch the Jazz. It is all about being healthy and ready and stable by the time we come into the postseason. Yes, we're trying to get to that two seed. That would be amazing, but not not at the risk of burning guys out, not at the risk of hurting guys. And what are you going to do? It's injuries. I've been, you know, banging this drum ever since the season started that health is our greatest enemy. So we're going to have to see if we can get healthy. But I think you'd have to acknowledge that it's six games and eight nights and we lost one of them. Come on, people. Come on, Clippers fans. Come on, Clippers Nation. We're a great team to to. We're a great fan base, toot, toot. Don't freak out just because every other fan base in the league loves to throw dirt on our graves the second we lose a game. Look at our win-loss record. Look at it. Look at our wins. I'm here for you if you need help. At Henry Dittman, at LA Clipcast on Twitter. Reach out to us if you need to be talked off the ledge because we love you 
and we're not scared. Back to you, Chris Kawild. Thanks, Hollywood Hank. I think the the great takeaway from that wonderful segment. Thanks again, Hollywood, from his bougie, bougie, cushy <laughs> studio lot dressing room. Not, I, I, it, it really needs to be a trailer. I'll be in my trailer clip casting. Like, it really needs to be a trailer to be truly Hollywood. Although, I don't know, there's some sort of wonderful Hollywood element of a dressing room. Anyway, I think the big takeaways for me from that are NBA all-salty team. (laughs) It's amazing. And then, of course, the Clippers, who then jumped to the L word and then back to the Clippers, Maddie Boneyard. Barnes, longtime friend of the show, been on Clipcast many times. And then, of course... Lamar Odom. Oh, you know my dream. My L.A. dream to bring L.A. together before we abandon Staples Center is to retire Odom's jersey, number seven, half clips, half L-word. I think that'd be so rad. Or or both. But L-word will never do it. Clips will never do it. Maybe justifiably so. But that's my dream. It's good to dream. All right, more big-time boogie clip cast after these short words from our very tall sponsors. And we're back. Okay, so on the last clip cast, I talked about how if the regular season was a movie, a three-act movie split into thirds, each third would be 24 games. It's a 72-game season. In the first act, these Clippers went 17-7. and seven. God bless them. In the second act, these Clippers went 15-9. and nine. And I said on the last show, and I'm going to reiterate on this show, here's what I truly believe. I think we're going to go 16 and 8, which is right mathematically in between 17 and 7 and 15 and 9. 16 and 8 is basically winning two out of three games. And if we can win two out of three for the rest of all time, we will be NBA champions. If you win two out of three in a playoff series, you win. Because you win four out of six. Do the math. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's not the sound of math. Now, this is maybe my favorite tweet in a long time from a great fan of the show. Toast Malone at Mr. Green Genius tweets after last night's loss, 23 and one. I love that. Why? Because I asked Hollywood Hank on the last clipcast, what do you think we're going to go in the third act of this regular season movie that we're all watching? And then, of course, the sequel is playoffs and then it's a it's a trilogy and the third movie is called clippers champions because we win the finals but anyway i asked hollywood hank what do you think we're gonna go in the third act of 24 games and he said 24 and 0 and so i love you toast malone at mr green genius for tweeting last night 23 and 1 if i was a gambling person which i think i can be if i listen to our sponsors or something my bookie I think we go 16 and 8, and I'm not mad at that, by the way. That is basically what our mathematical average is after Act 1 and Act 2. We're basically winning two out of three games. That's what we're doing, and that's great. That's exactly where you need to be. It's going to get a lot harder when we go into the playoffs and we have to play the best team in the NBA record-wise, Utah Jazz, in the conference finals. Oh, I want to talk about a lot of these potential matchups because it's just me and you, dear listener. And we will. But I already like us in this third act, and I know we're 0-1 in Act 3 right now. But like I said, we're going 16-8. and Like Toast Malone said, we're going 23-1. and How did we end Act 2? Strong. We ended Act 2 with a six-game win streak, and we picked up 
all-star champion Rajon Rondo as our backup point guard. Love that. The mental toughness. Love it. How do we start Act 3? Pick up all-star, all-NBA backup big man DeMarcus Cousins. I love it. I love all three of these acts. This is our year, folks. This is our year. We made the changes that we needed to make, the tough calls. We did it. We got rid of the problems. Trez, gone. Lou, gone. Landry, gone. Doc, gone. The problems are gone. What were the other problems? Passivity. Being up 3-1 and just quietly losing three in a row and not really getting upset about it. Yes, Doc Rivers did not make adjustments. We know Ty Lue makes adjustments. We've seen him make adjustments. We're getting shellacked down 21. He does a hockey swap. All right, five starters, sit down. Think about what you did. The lineup, Pat Pat, Batum, Amir Coffee. Hey, Amir for a second. Hey, Amir a minute. Hey, Amir, give me a coffee. <laughs> Come here over here. Luke Kennard and T-Man. We saw the swap. That one coaching decision changed the trajectory for a Clipper team that had gone 10 and 11 in their previous 21-ish. We were a losing basketball team in a 21-game sample. And we, then we were playing 500 ball since the All-Star break. We were 2-2. We were two and two. At that moment, when Ty Lue makes that astute coaching call, that bold move, when he doesn't rely on Kawhi Leonard... And Paul George, when he says, all right, let's try something new. He literally saved the third act. He did. He saved, certainly he saved the second act. Because if we lose that game, we're now 3-3 three and three after the All-Star break. And everything's different. Nicholas Batum said that moment, that comeback, sparked something in this team. And then they went and won six games in a row. And then all of a sudden, act two is salvaged. We were literally playing under 500 basketball in the previous 20-plus games at that moment. And then Ty Lue makes a bold coaching decision and changes the trajectory, and we win that game, and we go on a win streak. So we see Ty Lue in real time doing stuff that Doc Rivers just simply didn't do. The Clippers have made the changes that they needed to make will it work i know we want to win an nba championship but folks i just simply want to make the final four like ucla just did congratulations they extended march madness into april the pride of westwood last night was not a great night for basketball on figueroa as the clippers fall and the usc trojans fall but yeah, I, I want to be NBA champions. I truly do. I want to be Western Conference champions. I truly do. But hear me say this. Just simply getting to the NBA's Final Four, just simply making the Western Conference Finals, if you make the NBA Final Four, if you make the WCF, not even win. You get there and you get swept, which obviously I don't want to happen. But literally, whoever leads the Clippers to the Final Four, no matter what happens from that point forward, you are immediately on the Clippers' Mount Rushmore. You're immediately better than Chris Paul. You're immediately better than Blake Griffin. You're immediately better than Elton Brand. You're immediately better than NBA MVP Bob McAdoo with the then Buffalo Braves. 
Oh, Chris Paul. Oh, Chris Paul, he's, he's the best point guard ever, top five point guard ever. He couldn't get it done. He got a team to the conference finals and lost because of an injury, because that's what he does. And, you know, is he going to be on the Houston Rockets, Mount Rushmore? No, he's not. But if he had led the Clippers to the conference finals ever in his six seasons with us, he'd be on the Mount Rushmore. But what's great is whoever leads the Clippers to the conference finals, you have every right to kick CP3 off of the Clipper Mount Rushmore. The Clipper Mount Rushmore, and it's not up for debate. It's not up for debate. The Clipper Mount Rushmore is Blake Griffin. Earthquake, Blake, boom, shake Griffin. That nickname never caught on. Bob McAdoo. Bobby, baby, boom, boom, McAdoo. That also never caught on. Kawhi Leonard. The Claw. Those three guys are on the Clippers Mount Rushmore. Who will be the fourth? And if four guys like Marcus Morris, DeMarcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, Pat Beverly, if four junkyard dogs win us a championship, by Bob McAdoo, by Blake Griffin, by forever. Doc Rivers said many, many, many times, you know, it's funny, we haven't done anything. And they didn't. They did nothing. In the seven years that Doc Rivers was head coach, they did nothing except for cover the L word banners. That's all they did. They've done nothing. So if someone can come in and do something, and I'll tell you who the real culture changer is, it's Steve Ballmer and his deep, deep pockets. His late great friend Steve Allen, I believe is his name, the big Microsoft big three, Bill Gates, not interested in sports, Steve Allen won a Super Bowl for Seattle. Ballmer going to win it all for the Clippers. That's what he's here to do, and the culture has changed. So arguably, the culture changer really is money. It's Benjamin Franklin. It's all about the Benjis. Oh, man, it is an exciting time to be a member of Clippers Nation. So many podcasts to choose from. So much Clipper talk. When we first started Clipcast, my gosh, in 2012, nine years ago, there was only one Clippers podcast called The Loaded Clip, hosted by two great guys, Jeff, Grace, and, uh, darn it, I can't remember the second one, but anyway, I love both those guys, they're great, and they started their own their own Clippers podcast because they were Clippers season ticket holders up in the 300 section and they did it as a goof. They did it as a joke. And we've had them on the show many, many times. We did a crossover show called the loaded clip cast a bunch of times. We're actually going to do it again for the postseason, And I can't wait to hear from Jeff and, Oh man, it's so embarrassing that I can't remember his name, but whatever you guys know what I'm talking about. Don't you? Or if you don't, regardless, <laughs> look up the loaded clip. Why don't I just stop recording and look it up? What a jerk I am. Hold on a second. Ah, of course, Todd Berger. Todd Berger, I love Todd Berger. We love Todd Berger. Okay, so Jeff Grace and Todd Berger used to do a podcast many, many moons ago called The Loaded Clip. And basically, they called it The Loaded Clip because they'd get loaded and talk about the Clippers who were then the laughing stock of the NBA. And they stopped podcasting supposedly the legend has it 
Because the Clippers got good and it wasn't fun anymore to do the funny podcast because it was a comedy podcast. Our Clippers podcast has definitely got moments, a lot of moments of comedy. But at the end of the day, it's a sports podcast. So I started Clipcast, the Clippers podcast, because there was no Clipper talk on L.A. sports radio and it drove me bananas. Podcasting was a relatively new thing back 10 years ago. And I listened to the loaded clip and I loved it. But I said, oh, wow, this particular episode that I listened to, they said they watched the Spurs playoff series. This is many moons ago. So we beat Memphis. This is Vinny Del Negro's Vinny Vidi Vici, Vinny Del Negligence, Los Angeles Clippers. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies in seven. And then we went on to get swept by the Spurs. So the loaded clip is now clip casting, if you will. And they're saying we just sat there and we watched the Clippers up 30 versus the Spurs. But the whole time we knew the Clippers were going to lose. And as soon as I heard that, I go, oh, gosh. All right. So this is the only Clippers podcast around. Literally the only one. And they're talking about how they watched the Clippers knowing in the back of their hearts that they were going to lose the whole time. I go, okay, that's that's a little bit of a negative. And, and they were right, by the way. The Clippers did lose. But I thought Clipper Nation, Clippers Nation, deserves a show where we actually believe in the team. So that motivated me to start Clipcasting. All along, I wanted to have my best friend and my Clipper partner, Hank Dittman, join me because we were longtime season ticket holders. I it, Podcasting was so new back then, I didn't even know what it was called. I said, hey, Hank, I'm starting a Clippers blog. I, I misspoke and said it was a blog. And then we were talking about it at a game. He goes, don't, don't you mean podcast? <laughs> anyway, I really wanted Hank to do it with me right from the jump. But it just didn't work out. But didn't it all work out in the end? Because Burbank Hank, a.k.a. Hollywood Hank, has been clipcasting since the Kawhi Leonard era. Since Chris Wilde, me, changed my name to Chris Kawilde, and Kawhi Leonard came here. And it's a different team. And it's a different thing. It's a different thing happening. So to go back to the loaded clipcast, which, by the way, you can go and listen to a couple seasons ago, season eight. We, we did a loaded Clipcast, and you can you can listen to that. It's a riot. And we talk about the new stadium and potentially rebranding the team and renaming the team, which obviously I don't think we should do. The Chicago Cubs didn't change their name because for 100 years they couldn't win a championship. The Boston Red Sox for 86 years didn't win a championship. They didn't change their name. And you could argue, oh, but in 1900-whatever, in 1890-such-and-such, the Cubs and the Red Sox did win. I, I know, the Clippers haven't won. I get it. But we moved from Buffalo in the Eastern Conference and the Braves, and we changed our name to the San Diego Clippers. Why? Because San Diego, obviously, a ocean town, a water town. The Clipper ships, a multi-sailed vessel. I would have accepted boat as the answer. But a Clipper ship is a multi-sailed vessel. It's more than just a boat. We changed our name, and I, th- I, I think it was the right move. And we all know about the Buffalo Braves and the Boston Celtics owners swapping teams in one of the nuttiest things to ever happen in sports history. 
so that the Boston Celtics owner could move his family to sunny Southern California. And he couldn't move the storied franchise of the Boston Celtics there, but he could move the Buffalo Braves, which were an upstart team that was pretty good with Bob McAdoo, but was in a rebuild. So here we are. And we're going to do a post-vax, post-season loaded ClipCast crossover with the great Todd Berger and the hilarious Jeff Grace. Although, to be fair, I think Todd Berger is funnier than Jeff Grace. They're both great. They're both funny. But Jeff Grace is the numbers guy, and Todd Berger is the goofy guy. I mean, they're both goofballs, just like me and Burbank Hank. But here we are, Clippers Nation, in a brand new age with all the potential in the world and all the podcasts in the world. So we're the longest-running Clippers podcast in the history of all time. After I started my show, Kevin Arnowitz, great ESPN writer, did a Clippers podcast at ESPN that he actually asked me to be a guest on. And I was a guest on that. I think that exists somewhere that you can listen to. And then that went away. And then for the longest time, we were the only game in town. But now, my God, there's at least a dozen Clippers podcasts that you can choose from i think my favorite one is the hoop ball (laughs) the hoop ball podcast just because that is very funny sounding to me yovan buha does not have clip city anymore that does not exist because he went over to the dark side which by the way happens like dan weike used to cover the clippers for the oc register and now he covers the l word for the la times so You know, the dark side does lure people over. But I'll tell you something. This will never be L-word cast ever under any. No one could lure me away. And I do think one day, folks, one day Clippers Nation, good old-fashioned Uncle Scrooge McDuck, deep pockets, money bags, Uncle Steve Ballmer will one day, and now especially since Fox Sports is changing to Bally Network, what? So we're kind of what? We're going to watch Clippers games on Bally Network, whatever the hell that is. So it's no longer Fox Sports Prime Ticket tomorrow. And it's Bally something. It's Bally's. Anyway, one day, Steve Ballmer is going to have a streaming channel, an a la carte app, an all-purpose Clipper channel where you can watch all the games you can listen to the games you can watch shows all about the clippers one day steve ballmer is going to do this i actually know that he wants to do this just like i know that he wanted his own stadium something i talked about two years before arash markazi dropped the story in the la times i talked about the clippers getting a new stadium for two years and then the world found out two years after i had talked about it So I also know that Steve Ballmer not only wants a new stadium and we're getting it in 2024, but he also wants his own digital channel. He wants the Clipper Network. Now, will one of these 53 Clipper podcasts be turned into a show? Maybe. I hope so. There's one that, you know, stars actual Netflix movie stars. So you'd think that maybe they're ready for TV since, you know, they already are TV and movie stars. You know, or or, or it could be, you know, 20-something nerds 
talking about stuff. Or, or it could be, you know, an adjunct professor saying things like, it's counterintuitive to think about Lou Williams' second year on his back-end bird rights. When Rajan Rondo, Stephen Ballmer, it is counterintuitive to think about... Maybe they'll do that. Maybe. Maybe in the Clipper channel that Steve Ballmer's going to create, there's room for everyone. I would love and my dream is this a late night clipper comedy show on the clipper channel that's my dream that's my dream so we'll see what happens sometimes dreams come true i know your dream clipper nation i know your dream is to win it all yeah you got to dream big and we got to shoot for the stars but i'm here to tell you the only thing that i'm just trying to achieve this season is to get to the final for and then take it from there you always hear these guys say well we take it one day at a time we take it one game at a time we don't look too far into the future i don't believe that but it's what i hear all the time i these guys know they're thinking about the postseason they're thinking about seeding for the postseason yeah they can take it a game at a time but i know that they got big picture in the back of their brains i know that well, I've got big picture in the back of my brains, too. But first, in order to win it all, but first, in order to get to the finals, but first, in order to be the Western Conference champions, you have to simply make the final four. And whoever leads us, that will be the four that sits atop the Clippers' Mount Rushmore. And right now, as it stands, again, and I'm going to reiterate this because I didn't actually have a fourth person. This is who's the Clipper Mount Rushmore right now, not up for debate, not up for argument. NBA MVP, Bob McAdoo, because he was the only Clipper ever to be an MVP, ever, as a Clipper. Granted, it was as a Buffalo Brave. But they had a lot of good years, and it was all Bob McAdoo, and he was the NBA MVP. So, yes, he's on the Clipper Mount Rushmore. Who else is there? Blake Griffin. Why? He changed the culture. He brought in Chris Paul. He got us as close as, as we've ever got which was one win away from the Final Four. So he's on there, Rookie of the Year, Perennial All-Star, Blake Griffin. Kawhi Leonard is on there. Kawhi Leonard is definitely on there. He got us as far as he can get. One win away from the Final Four. He did it in one season. We're only on his second season. Blake Griffin had how many years to do it? Nine as a Clipper, right? Wasn't he a Clipper nine seasons? You got there once, one went away. And then the fourth is not CP3. No, sir, it's Elton Brand. How did he do it? He got us one win away from the final four in 2006. He was a only able to get us into the playoffs once, but he did it with Sam Cassell and Big Cat Mobley. So there's your Mount Rushmore right now. And Elton Brand, they're sizing him to reface and chip away at whatever his face is in the Clipper Mount Rushmore because he's the first to go. McAdoo is the second to go, and then Blake is the third to go. Before Kawhi Leonard, it would have been Blake, CP3, Bob McAdoo, Elton Brand. But then Kawhi Leonard comes and does in one season what it took CP six seasons to do and Blake eight or nine seasons to do. So in one season, with all of the baggage of Doc Rivers, Kawhi was able to do something that Elton Brand was able to do. 
and that Blake and his bunch was able to do. In one season, here comes second season, and here comes all the adjustments that we've made. In the bubble, the problems were Doc Rivers, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, and Landry Shamit shipped. In the bubble, our problem was we were too passive. We were too comfortable. We were almost entitled, thinking, oh, of course we're going to make the conference finals, and it's going to be the battle for L.A., and it's going to be great. Except for it wasn't in L.A. It was in Walt Disney World. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, boy! Gosh! Well, when you wish upon a star, the battle for L.A. actually happens closer to Disneyland than Disney World. So here we go. Kawhi Leonard's second season. We have absolutely fixed all the problems. Will it work? Will we get to the Final Four? Boogie hopes so. Rondo hopes so. Hollywood Hank hopes so. And I sure hope so. It's a great time to be a member of Clippers Nation. It's a great time to be a Clipper fan. So many great Clippers podcasts for you to choose from. Obviously, there's just the one that's the best. Just like, who's your favorite Clipper? I mean, you know, my favorite Clipper is Patrick Beverly. But is he the best one? (laughs) I guess Kawhi Leonard's the best one because he's on the Clippers Mount Rushmore. Who's your favorite Clipper podcaster? Is it? Chris Kawild, or is it Hollywood Hank, or is it a third Clippers podcaster? One of those guys that was popping zits, skipping homeroom when I started. To be fair, most of them were in middle school when I started. But regardless, there's lots of room on the Clipper ship for everyone, including Rondo, including DeMarcus Cousins, including the hoop ball clip set podcasters all of you are welcome on this clipper ship even if you like different teams 10 weeks ago 10 months ago 10 years ago i grew up a nets fan living in new jersey i moved to los angeles in 1998 i attended my first clipper game in 2001 and became a diehard clipper nation crazy fanatic in 2002 when i got my clippers season tickets And the rest is history 19 years later. Here we go. Lots of room on this Clipper ship for you, my friends. Lots of room. All right. Welcome to the Clipper ship, DeMarcus Cousins. Let's boogie. boogie. Sound the horn. Right. 
it's alright So out of sight We got Demarcus, Rondo, Hank and Chris The crowd's going crazy Sound of the swish The blue and red is something you just can't miss Go, go, go I said hey Jag interviewed you and you had a big old shiner, a big black eye, and you were on Jumbotron and they were promoting Clipcast on Jumbotron, the only Clippers podcast ever to be. Hey, featured on Jumbotron, in game. <laughs> in LA. Hey, hey, hey. It's a beautiful night, a beautiful night in LA. Woo!